Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, conversations designed to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. And now the host of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, Davey Blackburn. Hello, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. My name is Davey. I'm your host and joining me, Aubrey, our co-host. I am so excited because today's episode is a really good one. It's the last one in our business and finance series, yep. Davey, with mm-hmm. your friend, right? Joe Single. Yeah, Joe Single is a good friend of mine. Uh, I met him in 2008. He was uh, the financial coach on staff at a church that I was coming on staff at, New Spring Church in South Carolina, right after my late wife and I, Amanda, got married. And everybody who went on staff at this church had to go through financial coaching, which was really helpful to us because it helped us get kind of a a firm foundation on our finances right from the outset in our marriage. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to hear from Joe, and he is an intense individual. He's extremely passionate, (laughs) and it's not just because he's talking in a microphone to thousands of people. He's that intense when he's talking to you one-on-one. He was that intense. Is he really? Oh my gosh. When we were in the, his office for this financial coaching, he was like pinning us to a wall with his intensity. It was so passionate, but Come it was on. compelling. You know, you're like, well, yeah, I'm going to do this stuff because it was, it was, it was extremely convincing. Uh, so I love Joe. He's just such a, such an, he's on a crusade. That's for sure. I love that. Uh, for people who don't know, Joe Single is a leading teacher of personal finances. He's also the founder of uh, I Was Broke, Now I'm Not, which they have live events. They um, have print resources. They have web resources. He's an author. He's the president and CEO of Enjoy Stewardship Solutions. So you're right. The guy is passionate yeah. about uh, Christians doing well with their finances, right. honoring God with their finances, and living free with mm-hmm. their finances as well. Um, so I'm excited about this one. Yeah, they have this personal finance arm, which is the I was broke now I'm not. They also help churches, which is the Enjoy Stewardship Solution. And so they're kind of one foot in both worlds, uh, which is also another reason why I love spending time and interacting with Joe, because we do the same thing. We help people personally on the front of pain and trauma, and we partner with churches. And so he's really given us a lot of good counsel on how we kind of keep one foot in both worlds as well. It's been great. Hey, before we dive into your interview with Joe, I have a review that I want to read from Apple Podcasts. It's a really good one, Davey. Are you ready for it? Yep. I started listening to the NIW podcast after hearing Davey guest speak at my now home church. The funny thing is this was my first time at church after spending the first 30 years at another church. I knew right away that me and my family were supposed to continue the transition to this church. Since then, I listen every week, and I often send other people to the podcast who I know will enjoy it and gain healing from listening. Thank you for everything you do. Wow. Wow. That was awesome. It's it's always encouraging to hear your uh, reviews, to hear testimonies of how God is um, stirring you up and, and, and how this podcast is spurring you on, on toward following him. So thank you so much for writing that in. Aubrey, you and I are going to talk a little bit after this conversation that I have with Joe, we're going to give the listeners some of our commentary on the conversation. So you'll definitely want to stick around for that. Um, but let's go ahead and dive into my conversation with Joe Sangle. Joe, it's so great to have you joining me on the podcast. 
fired up. Do you know I've been wanting to do this for a long time? It's been a while. I know we've tried to arrange schedules, and here we are in the same place, same time, being able to. We're here. What is this considered? Enjoy Stewardship Solution headquarters, or is this this just Joe Sangle? The worldwide headquarters of all things of (laughs) Joe Sangle Enterprises. I'm so glad you said that because the where where I want to kick off is I want people to get a scope of all the things that you do. Because it's like a lot of every time I talk to you, you're in, you have your hands in something else and you're just trying to figure, you know, I mean, it's amazing. But tell us a little about yourself, your family currently and all the things that you're doing. Yeah, we. in fact, it's funny. The team refers to it as all the things. Um, There's like all the things. Uh, but my name is Joe Sangle. I grew up in Indiana, just south of yep. Indianapolis, Indiana, went to Purdue There's University. First, me and my twin brother, I have an identical twin. We were the first to go to college out of the six boys, wow. and I went to Purdue, and he went to the arch rival Indiana University, and <laughs> I ended up studying engineering, mechanical engineering, and thought I would kind of climb the corporate ladder. Uh, right. I had I really felt called to lead, hmm. and so I was trying to become the CEO of a publicly traded company. So I moved with a job transfer. A lot of times that requires job transfers in large corporate America. Yeah. And so I moved to South Carolina in 1998 with a job transfer, uh, enrolled at Clemson University, got my MBA. And it was then, I was about eight years into my career that God kind of did an intersection and said, you know, you've helped plant this church here in South Carolina, New Spring Church. We'd helped plant it in 1999. Right. And in 2006, I ended up going on staff there. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. I had my new bride who I met at Purdue, <laughs> and uh, we had a baby. And she was born in 1999, November of 1999. She was the first child in New Springs Children's Care. Wow. She was an infant. <laughs> and we ended up just seeing the church grow up as our daughter grew up. Uh, ended up start, uh, going through a money transformation in my life. Yeah. I was broke. And maybe we'll share some more yeah, of that story we'll a little later. That, but yeah. ended up, uh, that thing became my calling. Mm. And so I wanted to start teaching that. Ended up leaving the full-time staff and pastor position I had in 2009. Okay. That became a thing called I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a couple years later, I ended up acquiring Dr. John C. Maxwell's, uh, you, you have to say everything, including right, the initial, right. <laughs> since he's a leadership guru with more than 80 books and more than 30 million sold. Um, I bought his organization, Enjoy Stewardship Solutions, that helps churches with capital needs. Right. And then that kind of was the catalyst for everything else. So yeah. I, I dabble in real estate. I have an online web business similar to Groupon, but it's got a niche market. Mm-hmm. Uh, have an online giving service mm-hmm. that manages transactions and donations. Uh, have another one that is related to commercial real estate. Wow. And then uh, I just... Uh, my passion is two twofold. One is helping people win at life mm-hmm. to help them live fully funded lives. And number two, uh, to be a good steward of everything that I have, which mm-hmm. means I want my money to be active and making more money. There it is. And yeah. so that's fun too. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll talk about this in a little bit because there's probably some people who they even like something inside of them cringes when they hear that, like, wait a minute, you want to make more money. Doesn't that seem like greedy and like, you know, superficial and, yeah. well, I, and, and That's you a have, a, you have a totally different philosophy on that. I have a totally different philosophy on that. Let's take a little offshoot for a second and talk to me that, that part of your vision is to steward everything. Well, yes. how does that inform this philosophy of even like earthly abundance, making money, what it, to what end? Yeah, I think it's interesting when I look on in the Bible, which mm-hmm. is my my primary guide, is I never see a thing where it says spend it all. Yeah, 
I do see wisdom in there that says you should be giving first, mm -hmm. the tithe and offerings and helping other people, the least of these, mm -hmm. and then you should save, yep. and then you should invest, mm -hmm. and you should plan the rest. In fact, I, lo I love, I look in the New Testament, the first four books, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are 38 parables documented there mm -hmm. that Jesus shared. It's red letters in my Bible. And of those 38, Jesus, in 17 of them, nearly half, used money or possessions to right. illustrate the point. Right. And so there's a lot to learn from there. Yeah. And so for me, you know, I look at my my resources that God has placed in my hands as his. Mm -hmm. I am the manager. And if I own a business, and I, I happen to, and I have managers, and I happen to have that, mm -hmm. and they look at me and say, I'm just going to spend all the money, mm. I'm going to tell them, you're fired. Yeah, right. You know, the duty is to yield profit. And Proverbs 21.5 says, the plans of the diligent mm -hmm. lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. Right. And so for me, you know, it's, hey, I want to be a wise steward of what I have. It's fun. Mm -hmm. I view it a little bit as a game. <laughs> I love it when it helps people and benefits people, it, yeah. and I always go for a triple win. Yeah. I want to win. I want the other party to win, and I want it to help other people in the process. So good. It's the triple win. That's so good. Well, and that's what we talk about a lot on the podcast, and, and mostly we're talking a lot about pain and trauma and hardship, but how ultimately people partner with God to take back their story. That's mm. the whole mission statement of Nothing is Wasted. We want to help people partner with God to take back their story. Mm. People have experienced loss. They've experienced all kinds of trauma. And and the sure. enemy is trying to use that to neutralize them, to paralyze them, so they Absolutely. have no effectiveness for the kingdom. Well, there's a lot of trauma related around finances. We'll get into that in just a second. But what I love about your the first part of your mission statement is you've taken all of this experience, all of your story, all of even some of the hardship that you've gone through in your own money, and you're turning it around to help other people. You're taking back your story, and you're, you're helping other people to win in an area where oftentimes they do not win. And I, I think people hear my passion and they don't they don't understand it. And yeah. certainly after 15 years, they know it's not manufactured. You cannot right. manufacture right. enthusiasm that long. And I wonder why. Mm. You know, I teach in the same class for the 525th time. And why why do I have more passion today than I did the first time? Yeah. And I think it's because when you have endured pain, when you have yep. endured trauma, and you know how far the Lord has brought you, and right. you know how much this journey has helped you. You can't help but want to give it away. So good. And that's really what I feel like I'm doing whenever I I literally believe yep. I'm literally handing people gold nuggets <sighs> that if they will adapt it to their life will result in them mm -hmm. living what we call a fully funded life, yep. which is being able to do whatever God calls them to do the moment he calls them to do it instead wow. of, oh, wait, I got to go get the money. I got to go get debt free before I do wow. that. Just I want them to be able to go do it. Yeah. And if you know Joe, if you've ever met him, you can feel it right now. You like, there's passion that just oozes from him. He's fired up. Right? I am fired up. Fired up. But, you know, passion, kind of a, one of the roots of that is pain, mm. right? It's 100%. forged through pain. And those words are, are very similar in nature the passion and the pain. They have this, like, you know, relationship with each other. Yours was forged through some pain. Yeah. Uh, I'd love for you to take a deep dive into this season that, man, your, your, your finances just were in a absolute disarray and it began to forge this mission and this purpose inside of you. Tell me about that. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think it, it really started with the fact that I started out with no base of knowledge of mm. money. Uh, and I think many people start there. So here I am in a household of six boys. I'm the youngest of six. Uh, my parents are intensely private about money. Uh, I did see stress related to money because yeah. about once a month, my dad would descend into the office 
which was a chaotic mess of papers. He built homes for a living. And he would spend like eight hours trying to figure out where all the money was, what to pay all the bills. And there's immense stress related to it. So I knew two things because you're informed by your right. upbringing. Right. I knew that money leads to stress, and I knew only one thing to do with it, and that was spend it. Mm. And I quickly realized I was very talented at spending it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have the spiritual <laughs> gift of making money disappear. <laughs> and so I knew I knew it was attractive. Anytime I got money for Christmas, uh, my my aunt and uncle would give us $2 every Christmas, and my <laughs> grandparents would give us a $5 bill. And it was amazing. And they had, you know, they had 15 grandkids, so right. it added up a lot for them, I guess. But I would spend it so fast and have no more money. So I'm here, I'm back in poverty as a child. <laughs> and and you're, you're informed by that. Yeah. So my money journey really started when I went to college. And I remember my guidance counselor kept saying, you're going to college. Like, you have no choice. You two, me and my twin, you're going to college. Your grades are great. You need to go to college. And I'm like, I can't even afford the $25 application fee. Hmm. And one day he smiled and he's like, I've got great news. Purdue has a free application. Wow. And so I filled it out that day just because he made me. Wow. And I, this is how much thought I went into my education. I went to my, my physics teacher and calculus teacher I was in the first ever calculus class ever at our high school. My, there was 50 kids in my whole grade yeah. in a cornfield in Indiana. And he, I said, what jobs do they need in five years that pay money? Mm. And he's like, well, three of the top five in this article have the word engineer in them. So I signed <laughs> up for engineering. And that was my thought. And seven days later, I was accepted. And I went there, and it was amazing. They would let me stay at Purdue if I would go to the bursar's office, which I didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> It's really where I would sign loan agreements, yeah. and they would let me stay, yeah. and they would feed me. <laughs> and so uh, then it started adding up to tens of thousands of dollars, and then I got a credit card my first week in there to get free stuff. I filled out applications. I admitted on paper I had no job and no income, yet they sent me a credit card. <laughs> and the next day I practiced with it. And yeah. as I like to say, I should have employed that wisdom from the kids' show that says swiper, yeah, yeah, no yeah. swiping, come yeah. on, Vominos. <laughs> but I swiped away, and I graduated after four years of the degree in mechanical engineering, and uh, some people graduate magna cum laude or summa cum laude. I didn't get a single A in any engineering class, so I gave myself lesser-known honors called thank the laude, and I got <laughs> out of there and had a 2.64 GPA, and I had tens of thousands of dollars student loan debt, thousands of dollars credit card debt, and I'd been driving a vehicle, a 1981 Datsun B210, yeah. one of the early imports, ran forever on a thimble full of gas, but kind of disintegrated, especially with the salt on right, those roads in right. the north. And the body was disintegrated. It caught on fire twice. So I went and I wanted a new car, so I bought a new car. Yeah. And so I now had a payment, $359.96 forever <laughs> for a Chevy Cavalier. I love that you remember the details it, it, of that payment. But it is crazy. Every, everybody listening, they remember payments. That's right. That's right. The, the car payments, truck payments, house payments, they remember to the penny. Yeah. And then I bought a truck. Uh, $315.60 a month. I bought that one used. And then I asked my college sweetheart to marry me, and I financed the engagement ring, the wedding ring, the wedding, and the honeymoon to Jamaica, all on the credit card. Moved to South Carolina mm -hmm. with this job transfer, and we wanted a house, so we scraped together money for a 5% down payment. I don't even know how that happened. They did give me a little <laughs> signing bonus to move, and yeah, that's a big Maybe that was it. it, yeah. And then we needed furniture, and so we financed it too. And I remember this moment where I realized I'm making all this money, I've gotten pay raises, I've moved up the ladder, and yet I have less money than I've ever had. I was more wealthy when I was in college. Wow. And I, I was just like, something is broken, 
and I sensed this call on my life, but I really felt compelled that if I didn't get this money stuff in order, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be able to hear what the next step was. Mm-hmm. And so our I, everybody who has a transformation in their life experienced something called an IHHE moment. Mm-hmm. And I have had enough moment. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I've, you've, I'm sure you've heard it said this way, when the pain of same exceeds the pain of change, yeah. that's when we'll actually that's change. That's when you actually change, yep. And I remember in December 2nd of 2002 just saying, we're putting Christmas on a credit card again. It is stacked up. I've gotten like five tax refunds in a row that just went to the credit card and it didn't make any difference because we still had a balance. Right. I've got a car debt, truck debt, student loan debt. This credit card keeps growing. And I keep telling God the answer to my problem is to give me more money. Mm. And he did. And it didn't help. And I finally realized one day, staring at the mirror, that I had identified the problem. It was me. <laughs> yep. And what I've learned, is, and I truly believe this, that money is spiritual, mm-hmm. and that if the enemy can keep you broke, mm. he can keep you selfish instead of selfless. Yep. He can keep you greedy versus generous. Yep. And he can keep you self-focused mm. instead of focused on the needs of others because you just can't lift your head up. Right. You've got to focus on yourself. And that's why you don't have to find a book saying right. how to be broken, five easy steps. Right, right. You know, just everybody is broke. It's just default. Over 70% yeah. of people are broke. We went into this pandemic. Federal Reserve issued a study at the end of 2019 that said if faced with a bill of $400, mm. unexpected, over 40% of Americans couldn't pay cash for it. Mm. That's before the pandemic. And seven, more than 70%, seven out of 10 are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, right. And something's broken. And that was in my life. And so I, I really had this moment of discovery where I started buying every book I could get my hands on. Yeah. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki's book yep. for investing, Rich Dad, Poor Rich Dad, Dad Poor Cash Dad. Flow Quadrant. Right. Dave Ramsey's book. I read Financial Peace Revisited was mm. the, epi- the, the edition he had out. That was very helpful, especially on getting a budget and having right. a plan. And then I read uh, Susie Orman's book. I read Mary Hunt's book, Debt Proof Living, Debt Proof Marriage. Yep. Larry Burkett's book, Business by the Book. I just started consuming books. And then I started just reading through the Bible Wow. and seeing all these great verses. You know, Proverbs 21.5 has become my financial life verse. I've already quoted it once. Yep. I'll quote it again. Yep. The plans of the diligent yeah. lead to profit. It surely is haste leads to poverty. And when I read that, I realized I lacked both of those. Mm. I neither had a plan and if you don't have a plan, you can't be diligent. Right, right. And so uh, just to share the rest of the story, you know, the the other side of it is through that hurt, through that anguish, through that frustration, which it was having a toll on our marriage, on our relationship, on how I related to people at work. Just when you're under that financial stress nonstop, yep. it can lead to depression and humiliation and right. shame, really deep-rooted emotions that really cause us to do weird things right. with life, including money. Right. And for whatever reason, uh, my bride and I united mm. together and said, this isn't going to continue anymore. Wow. And, you know, like, like any person, you know, my bride is really the reason why we got this thing together. She came in one day while I was watching the Chicago Cubs <laughs> lose a baseball game. It was in June. That was a de- depressing yeah, era. Yeah, a very depressing era. <laughs> of, uh, you know, April years. 1st, <laughs> the day that the Cubs are mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. <laughs> and she had a budget in her hand. She had yeah. scribbled it on paper. And we tried budgets many times before, but there was something different about this one. Um, I didn't want to look at it. Mm. I tell everybody I burst into rap and poetry. <laughs> like, my name is Joe, and that budget makes me say no, and that interrupts my flow, so it's got to go. <laughs> but 
she was cute. So I decided to look at it. And then I realized, my engineer's heart realized it could be an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> and I went in, I prepared an Excel spreadsheet. And I, as I looked at the numbers, I realized that she had golf in the budget. Oh. I didn't know you could put that in the budget. Wow. It knocked a couple strokes yeah. off my regular <laughs> score. And I, as we put together the budget, we put God first, saving second, investing third, and then we plan diligently the rest. Wow. It, it, but it was realistic. Mm. Instead of having $7 for groceries and yeah, right. no money for dining out, no fun ever, you know, we it was realistic. Yeah. And we followed it for the first time ever. Mm. Fast story, 14 months later, debt-free except for a house. Three years later, full-time ministry with a 50% pay cut, but still able to prosper because we had less income. Started to blog uh, in January of 2006. It was called a weblog back then. <laughs> And I felt God say, write a book. So I did. No one wanted to publish it. All the publishers uniquely, together, independently, said <laughs> the answer is no. But anybody who has a call of God on life realized right. that no really stands for next opportunity. That's good, yeah. So we, I Googled how to self-publish a book. Hmm. Dave Ramsey told me I should self-publish it. Mark Batterson said hmm. I should self-publish it. Two other leaders told me I shouldn't self-publish it. Hmm. But they had sold a few thousand books. Dave and Mark had sold a million. Yeah. And so I said, I'll advice. go with them. Yeah. So I Googled how do you self-publish, how everybody becomes an expert these days. The rest is history. Wow. You know, we sold nearly 100,000 copies of that book. Wow. And just really, that was the catalytic moment. Yeah. And I, I many times ponder, if I hadn't had that holy moment yeah. in an ordinary day with my bride walking in saying, what do you think about this budget? Right. I wonder where I'd be at today. Mm. I, I'm pretty confident I'd still be broke. I wouldn't be able to go help so many people. Uh, I wouldn't have found my calling. Yeah. And and so for me, I really feel like that that anguish, that negative mm -hmm. events. Uh, one person said it well. When you've passed a test, you have a testimony. Yeah. And that's really what I feel like I get to do every single time somebody gives me a mic, an opportunity to sit down one-on-one -on -one with somebody. I'm just sharing my testimony and yeah. saying, hey, I've tried both sides of this financial right. game. Right. Hey, this side is so much better. Yeah. Come on over here. That's so good. Hi, friends. I wanted to talk to you for a moment about our Nothing is Wasted monthly partner program. We started this program in 2019 to add even more resourcing and value for those of you who are willing to donate $20 a month or more to our ministry. That still is the purpose of this program. But even more than that, it is one great way for you to partner with us. When you set up a recurring donation of $20 a month or more, or a one-time donation of $240 or more, you receive access to all of the content behind our paywall, which includes exclusive bonus episodes with past guests, behind the scenes commentaries about some of our episodes, teaching videos, live Q and A's, discounts and deals on the pain to purpose course and certified guide packages. In addition to what you receive partnering with us in this way is also supporting the free content and community we provide as a ministry that is positively impacting tens of thousands of people. We couldn't do this podcast or ministry without our partners and we're incredibly grateful for all of their support. To find out more about what becoming a monthly partner of Nothing Is Wasted Ministries is all about, head to nothingiswasted.com partners. 
If you're interested in the bonus content we have available, you can set up a seven-day free trial to preview the content. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash partners. Let's listen to a clip of some of that bonus content now. When my daughter turned 18 months old, she was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. And then that's when everything changed. I started researching like crazy and I found out since she was diagnosed before the age of two with an autoimmune disorder, she had an 80% chance of getting another autoimmune disorder down the road in her Mm -hmm. lifetime sometime and probably something more severe. And so here I am thinking, I mean, there's no cures for this. Like, what do I do? So I started researching like crazy. And that is what set my journey of understanding holistic health, understanding that food is medicine and understanding it's not about weight loss. It's about actually, it's not even about what you look like. So people are always like, I just want to look good. But honestly, it's about feeling good and eating for our health. Well, you're telling a story of, of overcoming, right? Re- Revelation 12 says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and, and the, the word, word of, our, of testament. our testimony. And so you decided to align your finances with Jesus's ways, right? I would 100%. say that falls in the category of the blood of the lamb. And then you're just sharing your testimony and you are becoming an overcomer and helping other people become an, uh, an overcomer. But one of the things I noticed as you're talking is that one of the biggest things you help people overcome that you had to overcome was a mindset shift. Mm. There was a limiting mindset shift. You know, we talk a lot on the podcast about John chapter five, where the man by the pool of Bethesda Mm. was sitting there for 38 years and Jesus comes to him and he asks him a question, right? A man who is paralyzed, who seemingly would want to be healed. He's sitting by a pool that has some healing powers in it. At least that's what the, you know, the, 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 the superstition was. And Jesus asked him, do you want to be well? Which to me... I would interpret that as Jesus knew that there was a mindset shift that needed to happen inside of him. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because some of this is like a, it's going from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. It's going from a selfish mindset to a selfless mindset, as you said earlier. What were some of the mindset shifts that needed to happen in you that you also see other people mm. need to make? That is a really unbelievable uh, perspective that you've just shared there. Mm. Um, because one of the things that I know is... If this was just knowledge, mm-hmm. everybody would do it. Right. If this was just math, yeah, everybody could do it. But yet most, the majority of people do not do it. Yeah. We just ran a survey and found out that only 45.3% of people actually prepare a budget every month. Wow. The most basic financial principle of, of planning, they just don't do it, even though they know it's great. Yeah. And... And I sit there and I ask this question, what is this mindset shift that we have to address? Mm. Why is it that for one person, it's getting close to being laid on a bill that causes the transformation to happen? Mm. And why is another family declared bankruptcy twice and they're headed for a third one and they still haven't changed? Yeah. And I really think it is mindset that, that and it's spiritual, mm-hmm. that they have to recognize and believe that this stuff can be applicable to their life. Right, right. We have no problem believing it can happen for our friend or our neighbor. Yeah. A lot of times we have problems believing it could happen for us. Yeah. And frankly, it's a lot easier to retain victim status. Yeah. It's like a badge of honor in our society today. Everybody is offended. Everybody is a victim. Mm -hmm. And I hear it in their language when they share to me, you know, 
I had to buy a new car. Mm. You had to? Why? <laughs> well, my car broke down. Oh, but couldn't you fix the breakdown? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it was frustrating. It had broke down twice in the last year. Okay, mm. so you just went and spent $61,000, and you have a $721 payment for the next seven years now. Yeah. Because you had to deal with some frustration. And really what they're saying is, I didn't have any money cash on hand to pay for it. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to use my credit card, so I really went and financed a year's income for it. Wow. And I had to. So when they say things like, I had to, they're really assuming victim status. They don't even know they're doing it to themselves. Yep. Yep. Um, I was forced to do this. Um, we had to do that. We had to get out of town for a vacation. We just couldn't take it anymore, and we put it all on the credit card. Yeah, yeah. We had to. And so for me, I recognize that that about 20% of this, 30% of this is really mathematical and educational. Mm -hmm. The rest of it is community and helping us live this on a daily basis because mm -hmm. we fall off the wagon so easily. Some of us just jump off the wagon. Yeah. I'm a spender. Right. I go out, spend too much on lunch, and accidentally buy a truck. <laughs> I mean, it's that bad. But I, what I had to learn is that there is power in a plan because the plan forces you to recognize issues in your own life. Yeah. And I, I will just say, when I would pay my bills, I would the stress meter, if there yeah, was such yeah. a thing, would be off the it would be at the rev limiter. But it felt like somebody turned on the fiery furnace. Mm. Like I was looking around, there were three people walking around, that was his fourth like as the son of God. <laughs> I mean it was that hot. And my upper lip would start sweating and I would run run out of there. <laughs> I don't know if anybody uh, listening yeah. has had that when they're paying their bills yeah. and there's this many bills and this much income. Right. I mean, it, and when that happens month mm. after month after month after month, I believe the number one cause of depression is we have unaddressed problems yeah. and we let that remain unaddressed for 20 years mm. and we just give up. And I, I, to this day have been blessed, highly favored. The Lord's word is true. You apply it. It works in every area of your life. Even today, when I go to pay my bills, here comes that fiery furnace. Yeah. My upper lip starts sweating again. And I I really like when faced with doing the budget or, you know, getting hit up by the head with a piece of lumber, you know, 10 times. I'm asking, is it a two by four or two by six? Because I'm seriously considering it. But I have to realize that my feelings lie to me. Yeah. The heart good. is deceitful above all things. And I'm not that don't I'm not going to follow how my feelings are. Right. I'm going to follow the word of God. I'm going to do what it says. And you know what? It has made a lot of those feelings be diminished. Yeah. And I will tell you, it has allowed us to live what we call a fully funded life, mm. doing things we never thought possible. In some years, I've given more money away in years that than I made in some yeah. years. And wow. I cannot believe that. Wow. How did that happen? Because I follow the word of God. He's get, put an anointing on my life, and he's allowed me to see opportunities and investments for some reason, others didn't see. Awesome. I believe that happened because we chose to prioritize yeah. margin giving, yeah. and God blessed us. Well, there's a, there's a, there's kind of a law of attraction in the in the spiritual realm. You know, I think God's looking for people who are raising their hands, saying, "Hey, you know, Isaiah six, here I am. Send me. I'll do it. I'll 100%. align myself with what you're asking me to do." And then He's looking for people. Okay, who can who can be a conduit for how I want to bless this world is what 100%. God's looking for. All right, well, that guy's a good steward. You know, you see the parable of the stewards, the parable of the Matthew of the 25, 14 through 30. Exactly. The one who stewarded things well, they were blessed with, it was, he was blessed with more. And, and so there's this law of attraction that happens where those doors of opportunity opened up because 
you begin to, your mindset begin to shift. You begin to take those steps of faith. You trusted God to do what only he can do. Hmm. You know, he took your natural with his super. He made supernatural things happen. The reason you're seeing those opportunities is because, and nobody else is, is because they haven't gone through that mindset shift. They're so, staying so in victim So you raised a couple things that make me just want to get up and run around Come the room, on, really. do it. But <laughs> in, in the parable of the talents, Matthew 25, 14 through 30, I find it uncanny. You know, there's three managers. Mm -hmm. The owner leaves. They're entrusted with it. One with five bags of gold. If you look at the NIV, yeah. it's five talents. Yeah. Another with two, another with one. The five and two, they doubled theirs. Right. So the guy with one, he buried his. Yeah. Uh, the guy with five, got he had 10. He doubled his. Yep. The guy with two, he had four. The manager, the owner does not come back and scold the guy for only having four. Right. You're only accountable with what Lord is placed in your hands right, right now. That's right. He's not asking you to be accountable for your neighbor. That's good. And number two, it gives you newsflash. It tells you that they went at once and they put their money to work. Yeah. It's an investing principle. Right. Uh, in the King James Version, it says he put it to the exchangers, mm. like the New York Stock Exchange and things. And the guy with one, he buried his. He scolded, not because he kept his. And listen, newsflash, 70% of people have spent theirs. That's true. In this story, if they were included right. in the story, it'd be, hey, I got it. I spent it immediately. Can I get a loan? Yeah. <laughs> but this guy kept his and yeah. he scolded. Yeah. And what I find unique in this world today is people say, you know, the the rich just keep getting richer. Hmm. And they say it like it's a, a negative thing. And I say it is biblical. That's right. Because yeah. if you look in that story, Jesus' words, you got problems, go argue with him. Hmm. He says, take the talent from the guy with one. And give it to the one who has 10. Wow. And he says, and he he will have an abundance. Yeah. And he who does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Mm. And he will be thrown in outer darkness where he'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. In other words, hey, those who manage well, you can take it to the bank. As you increase your abilities, as you become a wise manager, God's going to give you more to manage. Yeah. yeah. And I love what it says in there that he gave them one five to one two and to one one and it says five key words in your my bible it says each according to his ability that's right yeah and so if if you're listening to this podcast and you're like money is the big issue for me money mm -hmm. is the thing me and my bride fight over um you know i i can't seem to get it in gear i'm staying stuck yep. i spend all my money yep. i would just ask this question when is the last time you took a money class hmm. when is the last time you read a book about money Yep, that's good. Do you know everything there is about the office, mm -hmm. every character, but you don't know anything about investing? Wow. It, do you know every single character on Friends? You've watched wow. every episode 21 times, wow. but you won't spend one hour on your money? Mm. Here's the newsflash. I've said newsflash three times. I've never said newsflash <laughs> three times in a day ever in my life. Well, we're sitting, it's like a news yeah. desk right here is what yeah, it feels like. It. You know, it's just <laughs> but here's, here's the fact. You watching that show yeah. will temporarily bring a reprieve from whatever you're facing in your life. Right. But you'll get done with it, and your money issues will still be there. Still there. But if you get the knowledge and you increase your ability, mm. man, you're going to be able to start making progress in ways may, maybe no one in your life or in your circle of influence has done. Yeah. And maybe, just maybe, God's doing that to position you to be able to prosper so you can bless those that are around you, and just maybe... Wow. So when it happens, you could give God the glory and it could be a testimony yeah. to how powerful this word, his his Bible that he's given us to live instructions for all of our life is for them. And it may yeah. open them up to consider the claims yeah. of Christ. Wow.
pain is unavoidable. And yet, the primary place I see people get stuck in their pain journey is that they try to avoid addressing it altogether. Recovery starts the moment we choose to take that first step toward wholeness and we lean into the painful emotions. While we believe we have so much to offer as a ministry to help you in your recovery journey, we know there is one area that you need that we don't directly provide, and that is traditional counseling and therapy services. That's why we partner with Faithful Counseling. They are an online worldwide organization that provides virtual counseling from wherever you are. They have licensed therapists who are certified by their state's board to provide traditional mental health counseling from a Christian perspective. You can receive the help you need quickly when you sign up because they match you with a counselor in 24 hours or less. Then you can connect with them anytime via your computer, tablet, or mobile phone through video calls, phone calls, or text messaging. And if your counselor you are matched with isn't a good fit for you, you're able to switch at any time to find someone who better fits your needs. To be clear, Faithful Counseling is not a crisis line, but it can be an incredible resource in your healing journey. It costs $65 per week, and financial aid is available to those who qualify, which you can apply for during the sign-up process. To learn more, go to faithfulcounseling.com slash nothingiswasted. If you sign up through that link only, you will receive 10% off your first month of counseling for being a part of the Nothing Is Wasted community. Again, that's faithfulcounseling.com slash nothingiswasted. And now, back to our interview. So there's a lot of people who are listening to this and majority of our audience are going through something difficult, right? They're going they're, they've got some kind of tragedy they've just experienced. Yeah. They're, they're kind of unearthing some trauma, maybe some early childhood trauma or they're, you know, they've gone through a major life transition. That's kind of our big audience right here. And what we've learned in helping people in those spaces is that money issues become kind of this secondary problem that follows them, mm. whether it's because it was already there and mm. the pressure of whatever this circumstance is, is now squeezing. It's like unearthing the money mm. issues that were already there mm -hmm. or because legitimately their external circumstance has also just ransacked their life financially as well. But they do seem to be coupled a lot. In yeah. fact, I can't believe we've taken so much time to do a series on finances and business <laughs> because every time we work with people, there's always the financial limitations that they experience as well. Yeah. Now, some people have come into money because of unfortunate sure. circumstances, the tragedy life in their insurance. life, life insurance mm -hmm. and stuff. So we have these this gamut of people are listening right now going, okay, I've got to deal with all of this right now. Yeah. And money is, is and a I'm big dealing with grief. issue. And I'm dealing with grief. If you're sitting down and counseling me through some mm -hmm. of those principles, knowing that audience, mm -hmm. knowing we're talking with people who are walking through loss and grief and what are some principles that you would you would you know assert? Yeah. What are some nuances there you would and, say? Hey, and these first, are the I just say what it, whatever the grief and trauma you're facing is, um, I am so sorry, and we can't control when life happens. Right, and you can it will allow you to and you should question everything. Right, during that, and if there is finances that are life insurance, uh, maybe it's an insurance settlement from an auto accident and somebody's yeah. been maimed or have lost their life. I would just say this, and I, I tell this to any person I'm coaching who's went through loss, and I have unfortunately been, I've been able to do that. Uh, I say, don't make 
any major money decisions with that money for at least a year. That's good. Yeah. You need to allow your use the money to live, mm -hmm. to survive, to pay the bills, and set the rest in a savings account that mm -hmm. makes no money. If it's more than what FDIC insurance is, divide it by 250, 250,000 yeah. and put it in separate banks yeah. so that you have coverage on all of it and make your terrible interest rate on it. Mm. Because money decisions made in the face of grief are not going to be decisions yeah. that you're going to look back on and say that was the best decision. Yeah. After about a year, I encourage you to seek wisdom. Hmm. Proverbs 15:22 says plans fail for lack of counsel, hmm. but with many advisors they succeed. And so I'd encourage you to go find two or three wise counselors. It could be an investment officer, could be one of them. Yeah. But I encourage you to have at least one more who isn't trying to sell you anything, mm -hmm. who would say, if I woke up tomorrow in your shoes, this is really what I would consider doing. And the reason it's an abundance of counsel, mm -hmm. because somewhere in the midst of those counselors, you're going to find out what's right for you. Yeah. yeah. And that's going to inform what your decisions are for the future. And so I, I remember a, a scenario of uh, a lady, she lost her husband and had three young children in the house Yeah, and be able to sit and, and say, just park it for a year right. minimum, Right, took so much pressure off mm. and allowed her to just breathe and just focus on her kiddos and, and just, just try to survive yeah. and navigate all of the overwhelming, the yep. unexpected moments when the waves of grief yeah. inevitably yeah. showed up. Yeah. So that's one thing I would say. The number two thing that I would say is in the midst of your grieving, in the midst of your trauma, make sure that you continue to lift your head up, purposefully lift your head up and say, how can I serve others? That's great. Because one of through through generosity yep. of your time of of your caring of your attention and of your dollars because there is something restorative yeah. and redemptive to the human soul yep. when we choose to give of ourselves yeah it it is like the most healing salve mm -hmm. one can experience and so that's something that i would just encourage you to do is don't get lost in your grief so much so that you can't help your neighbor, that you cannot bless others. Right. Because there, it just is something that I've seen in my life that, you know, I, I once had a friend, he's very jaded. He still needs to meet Jesus. I've been praying for him for over 15 years. He wow. called me out of the blue recently. All right. And so I'm telling you, Open door. it's going to happen. Yep. Uh, but he once told me that I give. He told me, Joe, I think you give, uh, that giving is actually greedy. That that you, that you, giving is actually a selfish act. Huh. And I was like, well, why is that? And he's like, well, why do you give? And I said, well, because it helps other people, because it feels good. And he jumped he on that statement and says, oh, <laughs> so you give so that you feel good. <laughs> and and that's selfish. And I, I was like, hey, that's a unique perspective. That is. But I, it it is totally missing mm. the core of generosity, mm -hmm. which is I'm not giving to get anything. Right. I'm giving because I see a need and the Lord has blessed me with the right. ability to help with that need. Right. And I'm going to do that however I and can. And then the natural byproducts, you get spiritual blessings, healing. benefits, Blessing. healing, whatever. Yeah. It's just this like, wow. But it's way more long-term than anything selfish you could try to use to you know satiate something yeah. inside of yourself. But I just would speak to what you were just saying about how some people just get stuck yeah. and maybe something that happened to them and they just cannot forgive. Mm. They just can't let it go. Yep. 
And I, I read this book of Genesis and I hear the story of Joseph and it goes on from like chapter 37 through 42 or so where Joseph gets all these wrong things done to him, sold into slavery, right. lied to his father that he's dead. He's in Potiphar's household and Potiphar's wife, who's named Potiphar, has a hots <laughs> for him and lies on him. He gets thrown in a dungeon. He interprets these two guys, the cupbearer cup and the baker's dreams, and the guy who lives forgets him until two years later, and suddenly he's from the from the you know he's mm -hmm. from the prison to the palace. Right, right. And then here comes his brothers. They're famine, mm. and it says a couple times he had removed himself from their presence mm. because the he he was so overwhelmed that he was he was it was groans yeah, from him is right. what it says in my Bible. And what I look in that story is what it, that I think that is those groans. It is forgiveness. Mm. For the the healing salve of forgiveness has shown up in Joseph's heart. Yeah, that I can imagine all the times he thought about, hey, if I ever see my brothers, yeah, right, I'm gonna do this because yeah. I am the youngest of six brothers, and yeah. I know what I would do if my brothers had wronged me. If the Lord didn't help me, yeah, you know, you want to get back, right? But the Lord healed him in that moment and allowed him to do full redemptive forgiveness. Right. And the groaning, it just poured out of him. It's spiritual. Mm. And as a result, when he reveals himself to his brothers, they're fearful, obviously. Yeah, right. Because here's this powerful man. But he says, hey, what you did, God intended it for good. What a perspective. Right. And so I just encourage you, if you're Amazing. going through grief and trauma, and it's, it's affecting your finances in some way or another, hey, go work on forgiveness. Because as that forgiveness, ask the Lord to bring that that healing to yeah, your life right. so that you can let it go. And sometimes you have to forgive daily. Yep. But as that happens, you get this soothing to your soul that allows you to really focus on what matters for your life. Right, right. And it allows you to live in freedom. Right. That's so good. That's so good. And to that point, you know, I think there's there's no better time to prepare for crisis than yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, hundred percent. I mean, right now you should be, whether you're in it, maybe you're like on a mountaintop experience in life and you're just listening to this. We have so many listeners who are like, man, this has really helped me a lot because I help other people who are in pain and crisis. I don't have anything that's going on, but Jesus's words, his promises, there will be trouble in this yes. world. It's not a matter of if, it's when. Yes. And in Matthew 7, the way that we build our house on the rock is we follow Jesus' words, and that includes the area of finances. Mm. And so I would, uh, I would also encourage you that you might be in a smooth sailing season right now, but go ahead and prepare your f financial life for crisis. Mm. Hopefully it never happens right. in your life, but at the end of the day, you will be more stressed out when mm. you're not prepared than when you are prepared. 100%. And so that means, you know, life insurance, that term life insurance policy. At can, least 30-year level term life insurance. That's right. 10 times your annual take-home pay. That means go ahead and start paying off all of this debt. Make yes. sure you're positioned in a place that, you know, no matter what happens, the next season of your life, maybe it's you're able to pursue your dreams or maybe you're able to wait a storm. Mm. Uh, but either way, you're preparing yourself. So I would just say I love I love that analogy of building your house on the rock. Mm. Um, one of the things that I've heard said before, and I knew it building homes, is no one walked up to one of our spec homes that we've built right. for sale and said, look at this amazing house. That foundation is amazing. <laughs> no one ever did that. Yeah. When is the only time people talk about the foundation? When something's messed when up. When something's wrong with mm -hmm. it. So if you want your house, though, to last. Right. You better give great 
attention to that foundation. Yeah. Finances are one part of that strong foundation so that when in this life you will have trouble, as right. you said, Jesus, is, is re, his words are recorded. Uh, when that trouble shows up, you're just going to have the trouble. Mm. You won't have the financial trouble that comes with it mm -hmm. because you'll be able to pay for it. Right. And that is such a relief because when people, right, I, I, I talk about this all the time. When you're broke, I mean, you're driving your car and it makes a special sound. I mean, you do weird things. You reach out towards the sound. I rebuke that sound in the name of Jesus, and you turn up the radio. I got in a car with a friend one day, and he had three post-it notes on the dash, like over the speed honor and stuff. And I realized they were blocking, they were blocking wow. lights that were on. Wow. I'm like, I'm getting out of this car. Yeah. And guess what? Surprise, it broke. Yeah. The foundation was cracked. It wasn't even there. Mm -hmm. And so I would just urge you, just as David just said, build the foundation. Yeah, right. Hey, what are the foundational elements of good financial management? It's having a budget, mm -hmm. so you maximize every dollar that's given you. Yep. It's generosity, because that positions you for spiritual blessings. Right. It is making sure you have life insurance. Right. Hey, making sure you have health insurance. We've done detailed research and found out that we're all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> and we're probably going to get sick going there. And so we should have health insurance. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, and some other ones are having coaches in your life. Yeah. If you have people who can truly speak into your life, it just helps you in that moment when you have the crisis or when you have the opportunity. That's great. And so we always say when you have margin and savings, it is an obstacles and an opportunity fund. That's good. Because you're going to have obstacles. Yeah. And we tend to think of obstacles. My refrigerator is going to die. The heat pump's going to die. The roof's going to leak. But what about the opportunities? Have That's you right. thought about the opportunities you missed? Right. To buy wow. that business, to launch that business, to make that investment, mm. to bless others. The minute you see the need, you could just do it. Uh, so I just encourage you, work on the foundation now. If if you're on that mountaintop, hey, go down and do a detailed inspection. Yeah, that's good. My daughter's buying a house right now. She's 21, buying a house. It's very exciting. <laughs> really exciting for her and very overwhelming for her. <laughs> uh, but guess what? We paid for a home inspection. Mm -hmm. Why? We want to make sure the foundation's That's good. right. That's right. We want to make sure that this house is in order. Yeah. Do the same thing for your financial house. I've never heard anybody say, I regret doing that. Wow, that's so good. All right, one one more question, Joe, because we do have some people who are kind of the, on the other side of their valley, mm. right? I know a sampling of those people because they work really closely with Nothing Is Wasted, our certified guides who coach people one-on-one -on -one through the Pain to Purpose course, our community group guides. These are people who have come to us, and, and many of them, they have started a ministry or they want to start a ministry or they want to do something out of their pain mm. that is embodying this new purpose and mission that God has given them to help other people. Mm. But finances is a huge barrier. Yes. Because to start a ministry, to operate a ministry Absolutely. on whatever scale you want to, whether it's a small, just one one stop shop operation, just you solopreneuring it, or if it's something that is this massive... Pretty soon it has zeros behind boom, it. Boom, it's got money. So how would you help people who are in that space? They're going, okay, I feel like God's really done a major work in me, and I want to turn this around to help other people, but but I need to, I need to start. So I want to follow this dream. It's a great question. What, what do I do? Well, I've been able to do it with I was broke, now I'm not. Yep. And so I, I would, I'm going to say a statement, and when I say it, I'm referring to your calling, okay. whatever it is. Okay. So here's the statement. If you can systematize it, hmm. then you can monetize it. Wow. So this stuff that God has given you, this unique story, this challenge, this, and now out of that, it's birthed a way to help others. Yeah. 
how can you systematize it? Because the moment you can systematize it, you can monetize it, mm. and that allows you to be able to help people, yep. even people who you'll never meet this side of heaven, right? and they'll exchange currency for that, yep. which allows your ministry to advance another month. That's so good. So here's some examples. And we see this with ministries all the time mm -hmm. uh, because they are birthed out of pain a lot of times. Mm -hmm. So for me, I wrote my book. Yeah. No one wanted to publish it, so I self-published it. And I did it because I knew for a fact God had called me to do it. And so I went crazy and bought 3,000 copies of the book and put them in the middle of my <laughs> living room. And my wife was not pleased about it. But I, I systematized it into a book. Yep. That process of putting in a book made me really put into words what I had been trying to do pieces of. That's good. It made it become a curriculum. Like a so framework. A framework, yeah, a skeleton. Right. Exactly. And, and as I was writing it, I was getting the opportunity to go share it with others, and I would try this stuff out on people. Right. And I would see what lit the eyes and others where they glaze over like, I don't know quite what you're saying. I'd say, hey, what is in my heart, I'm not communicating in a way mm -hmm. they get it yet. And it allowed me to refine it. Yep. And so by the time we released the book, it was refined. And then I'll never forget, I was at a, a Catalyst conference, mm -hmm. and I was sitting way up in the top of that arena and I really felt God say, the time has come for this to become a group study. Mm. That the book is one thing, but people need to do this in community. Yep. So I, I left the conference at that moment and drove up, arranged for two meetings and ended up getting it recorded with video and the booklet got written and that released the group study. Yep. And all of a sudden we had a way that, and a solution for churches. It yep. was systematized for right. churches. Group studies are the never-ending yep. beast, the yep. content beast. Mm -hmm. And then from that, it birthed other books, online classes, online community. Mm. Uh, we have a membership program. It's an annual membership program called Fully Funded Life. Wow. And all of that stuff is, is systematization, yep. I guess is the yep. word, right. of what God placed in my heart. That's good. And so I would just encourage you leaders who've got a calling, how can you systematize right. it? Because... And don't don't apologize for charging money for That's it. That's what I was going to ask you because some people are going to go, well, I mean, it's ministry. I feel bad yeah. for charging money. I don't. Should I just give this away, or how should I speak to that? Here, a here's bit. what I would just say: um, unless you are an independently wealthy person, mm -hmm. how are you going to buy the books? Right. You know, it turns out the printer will say, "I believe you. This is awesome." <laughs> Where's the check? Where's the money? And so, uh, you know, you cannot do this for free. Yeah. And here's what I have discovered. When you give stuff away for free, and you should give stuff away yeah, for free for people who cannot for pay for it, and we give a lot of stuff for away sure. for free. But it, it, there are many people who have money who have spent more money yep. that morning on their Starbucks habit than they will for That's your right. resource. That's right. And so it, don't apologize for it. There is value. Yep. And the verse that set me free is Proverbs 4, 7. It says, mm. the beginning of this is get wisdom. Mm. I love that. It's a great verse by yep. Solomon. The yep. beginning of wisdom is this, get it. Get so it. That's hilarious. <laughs> but he adds a tagline that's killer. He says, though it cost all you have, wow. get understanding. Wow. And for me, that really explains. When I went to college, that cost tens of thousands of dollars. Mm. Was it worth it for me? 100%. Yeah. Because I recognized that the wisdom will allow me to produce more resources. That's good. And so I've went to lots of classes. I've spent a lot of money. I'm part of masterminds. Yep. I spend money to be a part of this so I get better because yep. I know if I get better at this stuff, we're going to be able to serve more people. Right. And so I would just encourage you. Uh, one more thing that I want to say for sure 
If you've got this calling on your life and it's a passion and you want to birth it, we teach a principle called oxen. Yeah. Proverbs 14, four says where there are no oxen, right. there's an empty manger, but from the strength of an ox comes an abundant harvest. So good. So it really says you need oxen to help you carry the load and right. oxen are anything that helps you produce extra abundance. Right. They do things you just cannot do, but you have to guide them. Right. When you're starting a baby ministry, I want you to think of it as a baby ox. Mm -hmm. Okay, the baby ox has just been born. It's plop, he's laying there. Do you expect that baby ox to carry a plow through the field for you? <laughs> Would you run up and tell it, get up while the mom's <laughs> licking it? Get up. What is wrong with you? Throw a yoke on it, kick it, and try to get it to pull a plow. What would happen if you did to that yeah, baby ox? Right. He's going to die. Mm. And that's what happens too often is we have this calling and we're so passionate about it, so we quit our job. Mm. And we immediately put a salary on its back and health insurance. And we rent a location and we pay for all these different services. And we put all this load, this yoke on the baby. And it, it, it was a good, it was a good baby. He would wow. have grown up to carry a huge load. Wow. He just never had a shot. Wow. So I would encourage you as you're starting it, keep the J-O-B. Yeah, that's right. You, until you're working two J-O-Bs and you look over and you're like, hey, it's a wild ox. It's a teenage ox. It runs around the pasture, and I, it, it's hard to manage sometimes. But listen, I can put a load on it now. I can put my salary on it. Yeah. I can put the rental of a location. I can put travel fees. And and you know what? It might be a little bumpy, Yeah. but it can carry it now. That's good. And that's exactly what happened when I was broke. I really birthed it in 06. It was in Ju Ju June of 2009 mm. that I said, I got to go do this full-time. I'm working good. two full-time jobs. It can handle it. And I put the salary on its back. I put the rented location. It just kind of quivered. Wow. And off we were running. Wow. So let the ox, let the baby grow up. That's let good. the sing God's birth. Don't kill it by Man. putting the fees on it. That's a good word, Joe. And then That's so good. You'll hear it. It'll be very moved. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, Oxen is a book that you wrote, too. It's yeah. actually it's actually my favorite of your book, just personally. It's that's, my favorite. That's where we're in right now. That's the season I'm in. Yeah. And, and our family's in is trying to figure out what are the oxen that carries this harvest forward. So, um, okay, where can everybody follow what you're doing? Because I promise you, after people listen to this, man, they're going to be like, I need more Joe Sangle, which is what I say all the time. I need Joe, more Joe Sangle <laughs> in my life. Where can they follow what's going Thank on, you. what you're doing, your resources, the things that you're offering and providing people? Well, you can just Google I was broke, now I'm not. It'll lead you to our website, which is I was broke, now I'm not.com. And you'll find all the resources there. You can find all of our books on Amazon, of course, as well. And if they want to be a part of a community that has courses, challenges, coaching, and community, that's fully funded life. Okay. And that's it's it's a nominal fee once per year. Mm -hmm. It re-ups and it allows us to help people through the year on their that's money good. journey. Yeah. And they can find out more about that at fullyfunded.life. Love it. That's great. Joe, thanks so much for spending time with me, man. Hey, this has been awesome. It's an honor. And uh, love what God's doing through you. Let's keep doing this. Let's keep helping Let's people. It. Let's set them free. Let's do it. Awesome. All right. I told you he would be passionate and intense. You were not kidding about that passion and that intensity. He believes the things he's saying. He really I really does. I really liked that conversation. He really does. You know, I had a friend with me uh, on this trip while we were down there and we, we recorded this. And this particular friend has listened to every single episode of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. And he sat there and he was like, wow. 
that one might have been my favorite one. I think it was Are because you of, I think That's it was just awesome. because of how intense and again convincing and compelling Joe is. But there's yeah. something about his yeah. his energy that is just contagious, and it just got my buddy completely psyched up about you know, planning his future and trying to figure out how to make sure that, you know, his finances are in a place where he can be generous and he can be a good steward of the resources that God has given him. That's awesome. That's awesome. So cool. Speaking of stewardship, that's, that's the biggest thing that really, really want you guys to come out of this series with. We want you to come out of this series with this vantage point, this looking through the lens of life with how, how am I stewarding the things that God has put in my hands? Yeah. Um, that's the reason we're doing, we did this series. It's not, you know, I I understand like it's very, it's, it seems like it deviates from the normal topic of conversation, but at the end of the day, we're all feeling this pain point to some degree or another. Um, but even if you're not feeling financial strain, we want to encourage you as you're following after Jesus, as you're partnering with God to take back your story, to think about your resources in terms of kingdom resources. Mm, Everything comes from God. Everything that that is in your hands, he's entrusting you and I uh, to steward yeah. well. You know, we can't take any yeah. of the stuff that we have with us when we die. We can't take any of the right. stuff with us beyond the grave. Um, and so really what matters is what we invest in, in the spiritual, yeah. in the kingdom while we're here on earth. Yeah, that we're, we're investing not in earthly things, but storing our treasure in heaven, like exactly. Matthew talks about, like Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount. Exactly. I was thinking about how stewardship traditionally really is guardianship. Like we're mm. we're called to um, be guards or guardians over the things that God has given us. And not in a way where we're like protecting and hoarding right. for ourselves, like you just said, Davey, but in a way that we are um, giving, in a way that we're honoring God with our treasure, in a way that we're thinking eternally. Like we kind of have yeah. the end game in mind. Because at the end of the day, there is a reality that I think we don't always want to think about, which is that we will be held accountable right. for the treasures that God has given us, not for the treasures God has given somebody else, right? but for what God has given us. And can we stand before the Father? Of course, there's grace. Of course, there's mm-hmm. His mercy and His love. But can we stand before the Father and say, yes, I have guarded what you have entrusted to me well. I want to be able to do that. Absolutely. I know you Absolutely. Too, Davey. And we want that for you too, listeners. We're, we're all going to stand in front of Jesus, as you said, and we're going to hear one of two things. We're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, which is what the deepest desire of my heart is to hear, well done. Yeah. We're going to yeah. hear either well done, or we're going to hear, what have you done? Mm. What have you done with what I entrusted you? What have you done with the person of Jesus, right? These are yeah. some very line in the sand type decisions that we have to be made. And we're going to be held accountable to this. And Jesus tells parables yeah. about this, that the master comes back and he get, yep. he, asks, he, he he takes account. He asks them to give account, the servants to give account for what they've done with it. And I've started thinking, Aubrey, in terms of not just like our, our resources, material resources, what, what God's put in our hands, but literally everything in our life, looking at it in terms of stewardship. I was having a conversation mm. with kind of a spiritual director of mine And I was asking him some things, you know, we're wrestling with this, we're wrestling with this, we're asking God about, you know, and and he said, Davey, all of these questions, these are stewardship issues. My question to you is, you're asking God to bring more into your life. My question to you is, how well are you managing the things that God has already put in your life? Because you can't take on new quote unquote territory, whether it's territory of influence or whether it's even expanding your family, right? Thinking about Mm -hmm. family 
growth, having kids or whatever, you can't um, yeah. expand. You, you only have so much of a capacity. If you're not managing well, what God has already given you, why yeah. would he entrust you with more? It would be a curse right. for more to be put on your plate. Not a blessing. Certainly, because you would just waste it away or, or not. Or it would crush you. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. I keep thinking about, too, it's not perfection, right, that we're yeah. talking about, but it is faithfulness. Like, just saying to God again and again, what I have is yours. Uh, you don't owe me anything, Lord. Like, right. I, you're my king, I'm your subject, and I'm here to do what you've asked me to do with these beautiful gifts you've right. given me that I don't deserve anyway. Yeah, and this is challenging for those of us who are like, you know, we're in the, the ground level of something. If you're like in the ground level of a ministry, you're at the ground level yeah. of kind of starting something up or or whatever. You know, if maybe you don't maybe you don't feel like you have a lot. Um, the question is not how much you have, but what do you do with what you have? And you know, I know Aubrey, as you guys started Renewal Church, and yep. as we as I planted a church, and also now started Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. Uh, that's always the biggest question. It's like, man, you're always looking, <laughs> I wish we had more, I wish we had more, I wish we had more. And we always have to yes. go back to like, okay, how do we make sure that we're stewarding what God has given to us? Yeah. And then what's so yeah. cool is I'm sure you've got story after story after story of these faith steps to step out into obedience and trusting God with the vision that he's put on your heart. And then boom, he comes through in massive ways with provision. Right. I mean, it's unbelievable how that happens. Yeah. Yes. And and then that and then that in turn increases your faith so that you can take yeah. the next step of faith. And then boom, you watch God provide again. And that's really been our whole journey with church planting is going, Okay, Lord, we feel like you've called us to do this. And yet, like church planting takes money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you yeah. have to rent a space or maybe you want to pay a staff. Like right. there's the, maybe you just want resources for the kids ministry. <laughs> and so of course along the along the way, God builds his church. And part of that is financially, and it yeah. is incredible to watch him provide for yeah, sure. Absolutely. One of the most challenging things somebody told me one time, it was while I was a pastor, but it also relates to being a ministry leader. It relates to you in your family, in your personal finances, everything that you need to accomplish the vision God has given you is right there already in your life. Mm. And I think I, that challenged me because I was like, wait a minute, I don't know about that because I'm always looking for more. How do I add this or how do <laughs> totally. I go after this? But it's like, no, 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 no. This is, you know, stewardship kind of becomes a little bit of the, the, the antidote to um, mm. striving because we can catch, we can get caught up in this striving mentality. Wow. That's su such an interesting posture change. Yeah, you know? right. But it's like, what if we just stewarded what God put in our play, in our hands right now, mm. right? What if we just we were we were trustworthy with it, faithful yeah. servants of it, yeah, and then trusted yeah. God for the increase, trusted God for to to bring more into our life when He deems that we're ready, that we've be, been right. good managers of it, you know. His perfect timing and his perfect way, rather than hustle and striving, it's right. an act of surrender, right, and an act of, act of Active worship, ultimately, because we're saying, God, this is your deal and this is your resource. It's not ours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of stewardship, Davey, uh, the Nothing Is Wasted podcast fourth birthday is coming up That's very right. soon, which I am really excited wow. about. You and Christy and the team have built this thing. You have stewarded well what God has given you. I'm so grateful to have Man. been a part of it for the past several months. But uh, we are excited 
listeners, yeah. because we are going to have a very special fourth birthday episode we are. that's going to be full of questions and answers, and we want to hear from you. We definitely do. It's so funny that we're mentioning this now because, you know, you can scroll through some of your photos and you see like years past, you know, like this time last year, this time for well, it was this time about this time four years ago that we were beginning to record the first episodes of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Amazing. And I've got Amazing. pictures of Tommy and I going up to my late wife's family's house and setting up shop at their kitchen table and recording the first few episodes. If you haven't listened to those first episodes, you need to go back and listen to those and see the origins of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. But for the fourth birthday episode, we want to hear from you. And we're going to do something really unique. We're actually going to have a call-in Q&A so, so that means you have the opportunity to call in and leave a voicemail of your question. And uh, if we choose your question, we'll actually put you on the air with us asking your question. You know, So your message, your voicemail will be uh, on that episode and then we'll answer your question. So we'd love to just field your questions. Now, this is going to be uh, Christy and myself and Aubrey. We're going to be there answering any question that you have. It doesn't matter what it's about. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Here's what we want you to do as you call in. If you can leave a voicemail, say your name, say where you're from, where you're from, and then ask your question. So say your name, where you're from, ask your question and call into this number 317-983-1090. Again, that's 317-983-1090. And we'll try to answer your question. It'll be great. I can't wait for that. It's going to be so, so good. Hey, I want to thank Sleeping at Last for providing the music for the Nothing is Wasted podcast. You can find his music wherever you listen to music. You can also follow us on Instagram at Nothing is Wasted Ministries, at Davy Blackburn and at Obsamp. And then next week, we have a great episode with Meg Apperson. I cannot wait, listeners, for you to hear from her. So let's go ahead and take a listen to a clip from Davy's conversation with Meg Apperson. Back in, I guess, 2014, I had just had our second child, a daughter, and I had this feeling like a cloud was coming. I had this sense Mm -hmm. that the Lord was telling me to buckle up. And so there were some things that happened that year. I found out I was pregnant with a third baby, kind of unexpectedly, really close to my second daughter. And, And we were living just a really average, you know, I was homeschooling my oldest son and my husband was working. And so we were just hanging out. Everything was good. And so I had that feeling like, oh no. And, um, when I was newly pregnant, I didn't realize I was pregnant with my daughter, Avery, who we will talk about a lot. Uh, I didn't realize I was pregnant with Avery and my appendix burst. And so I was in the hospital. And so all these things happened. And a few weeks after I'd had surgery, I found out I was pregnant. So I was thinking, well, that's the cloud, right? Is this, Mm. is this kind of tumultuous pregnancy? Is this baby going to be okay? And, and that was not the cloud. 